Before Britain was a nation of shopkeepers, we were a nation of farmers. Before that, the population was a bunch of hunter-gatherers. But farming didn't catch on here until a thousand years after it had in the rest of Europe. Why this is the case has always been a mystery, but now DNA technology is shedding new light on how it could have happened. I, Ben McAllister, have been looking into the story. If you went back in time to Britain around 6,000 years ago, you'd find a burgeoning society which had just undertaken a massive cultural shift. You'd see numerous farms dotting the countryside as agriculture began to flourish on the British Isles. You'd be looking at the shift from what we call the Mesolithic period, which saw the last human hunter-gatherers in Britain, to the Neolithic period, which saw the rise of a farming society. Britain was somewhat late to the party here, undertaking the shift a mere 6,000 years ago, whereas agriculture had spread out of the Middle East thousands of years earlier. The long hiatus before farming technology crossed the channel has led to debate amongst archaeologists about the mechanism by which farming arrived in Britain. Was it brought in by a migrating population of existing farmers, or did the long hiatus allow the indigenous hunter-gatherer population to slowly adopt farming technology over time? A new study has attempted to answer this very question. The authors took existing archaeological finds from all over Britain, specifically the preserved remains of late hunter-gathering humans and early farming humans, and analysed their DNA. I spoke to study author Professor Mark Thomas of University College London to find out why, if these were existing remains, nobody had analysed the DNA before. Whilst people have been extracting DNA from old bones for a long time, the technologies in the last five or ten years have come on leaps and bounds. I mean, they've accelerated in terms of what we can do. Ten years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do this. Advancements such as learning which bones in the body are best at preserving DNA, it turns out it's a bone in your ear called the petrous bone, as well as advances in reading DNA once it had been extracted, have allowed for many new insights. The study closely compared the DNA of the hunter-gatherers and the farmers with each other and with other DNA samples from mainland Europe. The first thing we found is that the Mesolithic hunter-gatherers that were in Britain actually were genetically quite similar to the Mesolithic hunter-gatherers that were in Western Europe prior to farming there. The next thing is that looking at the early Neolithic farmers in Britain, they were definitely different. So they were typically genetically like continental Neolithic farmers. So that tells us one thing first off which is that farming was brought to Britain by migrating farmers. The abrupt, significant shift in the DNA from the late Mesolithic hunter-gatherers to the early Neolithic farmers points strongly to the idea that farmers arrived and essentially replaced the existing population. This work clears up a debate, as many archaeologists have claimed over the years that farming in Britain was adopted by the native hunter-gatherers rather than being brought in by farmers, which would make Britain somewhat different from mainland Europe. We've now known for a good few years that that is not the case in continental Europe. When those farmers came into continental Europe, they replaced a genetically distinct population of hunter-gatherers. But we didn't know that for Britain. Part of the reason some archaeologists held to the idea that Britain might be different from Europe was the thousand-year hiatus before farming crossed the channel. They thought that perhaps that gap pointed to hunter-gatherers slowly adopting the new technology. This work indicates that that was probably not the case. But that doesn't mean Britain wasn't different in other ways. As farmers migrated across mainland Europe, they interbred with the existing hunter-gatherers, and this interbreeding occurred in two stages. Firstly, there was a degree of intermixing as they spread across Europe. But secondly, and perhaps even more interestingly, that degree of interbreeding continues in the subsequent 1,000 to 2,000 years after farming becomes established. So that's a really interesting situation, because what that tells us is there must have been 
remaining hunter-gatherer populations that over time interbred more. So then we can ask, well, okay, is there any suggestion of mixing in Britain? And we don't really see any. So that suggests to me that when farmers came in, they effectively replaced those hunter-gatherer populations and they went extinct. So Britain was different from Europe in the way the farmers interacted with the existing population after they arrived, effectively replacing the hunter-gatherers rather than breeding with them. Mark has a few ideas as to what might have happened to the hunter-gatherers. Whether there was a fight or whether it was essentially that the farmers had a better economic system, to me that's pretty much the same thing. I mean, economic warfare is just as effective as bashing people over the head. What I really think is that the farmers moved in, Their populations expanded very rapidly, and it was just a numbers game. There were far, far fewer of those indigenous hunter-gatherers. And so if they did interbreed, they're not going to have a big impact anyway because there's so few of them, and maybe they just didn't interbreed. As for why things were different in Britain, Mark points back to the thousand-year hiatus. The first farming populations spreading throughout Europe, they actually, I mean, they were having a pretty tough time. But by the time they'd been there a thousand years, they got used to it. By the time they started migrating into Britain, they were perhaps better adapted to those kind of northern climates. And so perhaps that enabled them to grow really rapidly. Whereas in continental Europe, they probably, the population didn't grow quite so rapidly. And as a result, mixing with the local hunter-gatherers had a bigger impact on the gene pool. Mark Thomas from UCL. That work informs a larger debate around which factors were primarily responsible for major social changes in ancient human history. According to Professor Thomas, advances in ancient DNA analysis make it increasingly clear that migration and DNA, rather than the spread of ideas, were significant drivers of massive cultural shifts in the ancient world. The study is published in Nature, Ecology and Evolution.